Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Rattled and Shook is released weekly, every Thursday, and brought to you absolutely free. But if you want to listen ad-free, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get exclusive bonus episodes. For more information, check out the show notes. Now, enjoy the episode. And now, presenting Rattled and Shook. I'm April. And I'm Meredith. And this is Rattled and Shook, a podcast where we tell scary stories and discuss our deepest, darkest fears, but in a fun way. We've got a lot to cover in this episode, some juicy true stories about haunted attractions, and we've got a special guest joining us later, so stay tuned for that. Let's get into our first story. This story takes place while I was in high school. I was born and raised in Dubuque, Iowa, home to the Grand Opera House, which happens to be one of the most haunted places in America. A quick internet search, and you can find a ton of articles about it. Growing up in Dubuque, I had heard many stories about the Opera House, about the ghosts that would turn the lights on and off, about hearing singing on the stage when there shouldn't have been anyone there, that sort of thing. Due to the poor quality of my high school stage at the time, we held our annual musical at the Grand Opera House. Now, I love ghosts, and I love the theater. So when I found myself there alone one night, I wasn't scared, just excited. I was a freshman and didn't drive, but my ride had dropped me off before everyone else had gotten there, even the director. I wandered around exploring every unlocked door and all the places I knew I wasn't supposed to go until I found myself on stage. Knowing I was alone, I began to dance and sing, living out the fantasy of being center stage with the leading role. I ended my performance taking many bows to the imaginary audience and their thunderous applause, when something caught my eye. A staircase just off the stage that I hadn't noticed before. I walked over to it and began to climb up. This feeling, kind of like electricity, began to build up in my body. So much so that when I got to the top, I felt like I could have levitated. This did not cause pain, nor scare me. On the contrary, it felt good. 
really good. Almost like pleasure. Like what I can only assume it would feel like to score the winning touchdown at the big game with everyone cheering your name, on top of drinking four Red Bulls at once with the clarity of Adderall. But with none of the negative side effects. I felt energized, clear-headed, and alive. It was like a high. Like every cell in my body was awake and ready to do amazing things. I enjoyed this so much that when I saw a woman in white, I wasn't startled by her sudden appearance. I smiled at her and she smiled at me. I wasn't sure how long this lasted, but eventually I heard my name being shouted at me. When I turned to look, I saw the director yelling at me to come down from there right now. He was a man with a very short fuse and a nasty temper. He was pissed at me. Again, I could tell. I looked back at the lady, but she was gone. I reluctantly came down, ready to receive my reprimand, when he grabbed me by the shoulders and told me to never go up there or wander around the theater alone like that again. It wasn't safe. Fellow students had begun to trickle in, and a few of my upperclassmen friends had wandered over to us to see what was going on. I was treated to several stories of a spirit that pushes women from the rafters and a lure of all the women that have fallen down those stairs. One of the students even told me that her older sister fell down those stairs and broke her arm, and she swears to this day she did not slip. She swears she was pushed, even though she knows there was no one else there. I remember everyone being really surprised that I had gone up those stairs alone, and I kept being asked what I was thinking, until I finally said in a small voice, but she smiled at me. The director's eyes went wide, and he asked, who smiled at you? I replied, the woman. She was wearing a white dress, and she smiled at me. Everyone got really, really quiet. After a while, more and more people began arriving, and the director took his eyes off me and called everyone to their places to take it from the top. We all did as he said and acted like nothing had happened, and no one ever talked about it again, and I somehow knew not to bring it up. But I still think about it sometimes, especially if life is wearing me down, and I wish I could feel like I felt at the theater that day, free from the aches and pains that come with getting older, like the world is nothing but possibilities, and I'm filled with the energy and the ability to do anything I want. There have been many stories since I moved away, and from what I hear, a paranormal investigator even spent the night there. But regardless of the stories I hear, good or bad, I will never forget that woman in white who smiled at me. And I'll never forget how it felt. If you were ever a theater kid, you probably can somewhat relate to that last one. Real Phantom of the Opera vibes. And that story was actually told by the person who experienced it, Stephanie Raymond, who's one of our spooky story voice artists. Pretty freaky stuff. We're glad she made it out okay.
But now, without further ado, our special guest and friend, Payne Lindsay, is here. If you don't know Payne, he's the host of podcasts such as Up and Vanished and High Strange, and soon to be his new talk style podcast, Talking to Death. Today, we're going to be discussing haunted houses. Here he is. Hey, Payne. Hey, what's hey. up? What's up, y'all? Thanks, Thanks for, for joining us. coming on, yeah. Yeah, this is fun. Well, this is not, well, this is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. <laughs> this is going to be fun, Perfect. guys. <laughs> this is going to be fun. This was fun. <laughs> so, yeah, we went to Halloween Horror Nights on Wednesday. So mm-hmm. what exactly is that? Because I've heard of that. Yeah, Universal, like, every year does, you know, it's like their Halloween event. So they do mazes and... So it turns spooky. Yeah, it's all spooky. It's all... um, Very immersive. Usually, like, movie-themed mazes. Okay, You know, Um, they had, like, Exorcist Believer this year and Evil Dead Rise they had. And and Stranger Things. And The Last of Us. Oh, that's that's cool. So who was scared the most? Do we already know? We do. I'd say it was really close. I'd say it was really close. Meredith. <laughs> There's no, no Who was in the front and who was in the back? Because the back is actually usually better. The front is, you know, they, they've learned a thing or two mm-hmm. over the years that, yeah, the person who's the most scared is in the back anyway. <laughs> uh-huh. I think so they do you. that. They do it a little bit at Halloween Horror Nights, but because it's such like a so many people are shuffling through. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really, the person in the front gets the scares. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because like as soon as you enter the room. Trigger it. And occasionally there'd be something from the side that would come more towards the person in the back, aka me. That's true. There'd be something like mm-hmm. hiding. No one's like sneaking up from behind at Universal. It's not like one of those yeah, things. Okay. You know? But yeah, Meredith was like attached to my back. Meredith was like my backpack, <laughs> basically. <laughs> I like, I'm pretty sure your shoulders we're going to hurt the next day because I can't help but use the person in front of me like a human shield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have never walked through a haunted house with my eyes open. Um, You're kidding me. You closed your no. eyes the whole time this time? No, no. No, no. I, no, I have oh, never done didn't? it before. Oh, so this time you so opened your eyes. So this time I was like, this will be my first time seeing a haunted attraction oh, wow. ever. So I committed to that, but I was pretty anxious. April tried <laughs> yeah. to make me do the Evil Dead one first, and mm-hmm. I was like, I got to do something else. <laughs> I got to do something else first. I can't have <laughs> Evil Dead Rise be my first experience yeah. in any oh haunted house. God. Like, I might not go again. <laughs> but you did well. Like, well, I, yeah, you I'm did proud. way better than I Good thought job. you were going to do. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Overcoming you. your fears. She literally was aiming me at the actors <laughs> jumping. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, something's coming to the right, April. Something's coming to the right. And then I would move her to the right and I would move myself to the left. Throw me at him. Which is probably You're trying not to call it as if it's some military mission. Like, mm-hmm. there's yeah. two, two up in the tower. Like, <laughs> but I made it. Like, I, I'm honestly, I think yeah, I good. told April before, like, I'll do two. And I think I did five or six. Oh, wow. You did everything except Exorcist Believer. Yeah. April was like, I let her, I let her, I not uh, subtly encouraged her to do one without me. Mm-hmm. I didn't say it like that because I was afraid you're going to make me do it. But I was glad that you got to do one without me because then you didn't have me um, actively <laughs> detracting from your experience. It's, it, it was different. That's what I'll <laughs> say. It was different from having. Better. It was better. <laughs> it was, that was a cool maze though. Exorcist Believer. I think that would have scared you the most probably. It does sound a little spooky. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I think it was the scariest. 
little, you know, possessed demon girls. Yeah, they're never cool. No, <laughs> they're never chill. Were they as scary as you thought they were going to be? Okay, I will say, like, I was very scared. <laughs> okay. For me. Yeah. But when I got home, I was, like, reeling from it. Like, I was... <laughs> I, w- I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like I really? watched a couple walkthrough videos of the things we went through because You're I was reliving like- reliving it? <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, I feel Some like- Some ritual? Because I was so scared during it, I almost didn't take it in. Right. Mm-hmm. You didn't hate it though. I yeah. didn't hate it because I like production design. Mm-hmm. And um, even though the Stranger Things one wasn't that scary, like they really themed it to season four with Vecna. And, oh, yeah, cool. that was cool. You know, it probably is clocks. very cool to see. Yeah, yeah, they recreated scenes. That yeah, was that's cool. awesome. Yeah. So anyway, it was it was a lot of fun, and actually, uh, despite being like such a scaredy cat, would recommend. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's the best I think Halloween attraction in LA, just for sheer production value yeah. and like. It sounds like makeup it. and practical effects and all that. Yeah, yeah like in it. the Monsters of Latin America one, they were like pumping the smell of like smoked pig <laughs> yeah. through the maze <laughs> because it was like butcher house themed. Yeah. yeah. But I was like, it's do like, you guys smell like barbecue in here? Bacon? Yeah. <laughs> Attention to detail. <laughs> the smells were cool. It's just like yeah. some, some um, guy with a smoker like selling sandwiches at the end. <laughs> yeah, it was just an accident. <laughs> it was just street meat. Do you think like you would like that pain? Do you think you would like the the Halloween Horror Nights from what we're describing, but especially the people that are on the streets with like, that just come up behind you with like chainsaws and stuff. And, like Those guys are annoying, I think. I mean, I would appreciate the production value of, you know, the 3D sounds and, you know, cool visuals. That would be fun. And the scares would be kind yeah. of a thrill, but th- just me walking to get a, you know, slushy or something and this guy's like, bah! I'm like, okay, man, like... <laughs> I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> yeah. And if they, and if they scare me, I get mad. I'm like, you know, it's like my first mm-hmm. reaction is like, I'm like pissed. And I'm like, that I got scared, I guess. Yeah, I see that. You caught you. me off guard. I'm like, God. It is tiring, it especially is. if you're going like Exhausting. three or four hours and you come out of a maze and then you're just like trying to decompress from the maze and then you bleh, like right yeah. out mentally your ear. prepping for like a jump scare at all times. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> But yeah, we wanted to play you a story. Okay. Uh, before we do that, sort of talk about your like thesis on haunted attractions in general. Yeah. I mean, I think haunted houses are fun. You know, it's uh, I mean, you're signing up to, to be scared. And it's the same thing you do if you go to the movie theater and see a scary movie. I think it was more fun when I was a kid going to sign up to be professionally scared by other adults <laughs> as an adult. They might not even be adults. They and they're probably like kids scaring the shit out of us. I, I don't know. You know, I would guess college age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I would definitely do it, but it, someone else have to, would have to prompt me to do it. You know, if I was invited, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll go. But I'm not trying to round the mm. troops to go. Do you like, like how much do you like horror movies? I do like them a lot. I'm not much of a slasher film guy or just the, you know, tropey jump scare kind of thing. I, I can appreciate them for what they are, mm-hmm. but I, I like the deeper, darker, more twisted, poetic kind of uh, horror movie, mm-hmm. like Midsommar or something, you know? Yeah. Have you seen uh, Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix, like the series? Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it. 
it's really good. And some of them are scarier than others, but there are some spooky moments, but they're all dark and twisted, but they're fantastical and, you know, it just feels like a a world that you'd want to go visit. Mm. Did you have any standout episodes for that? I did like the last one, the guy who did Mandy. That was really cool. Just visually, oh, yeah. it was the viewing wild. <laughs> Talk about like a cool place, cool set. Yeah, yeah. That was just like a vibe, and mm-hmm. then yeah. crazy stuff goes down that in the last it. like ten yeah. minutes. <laughs> That's it. Okay, I feel like I might like that. You actually would I like really the show. Yeah, it's it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty smart, and it's one mm-hmm. of a kind for sure. Yeah, I was hoping it would come back this year, but um, we've got Fall of the House of Usher. If if anyone's into that. What Mike Flanagan? Oh, I don't watch that series, but you love. I love Mike Flanagan. Um, he did like Haunting of Hill House and um, Haunting of Bly Manor and Midnight Mass oh, yeah. for Netflix. He did all those. Um, so now he's coming back with his most recent, you know, limited series based on Fall of the House of Usher. I like that guy. Um, I loved Midnight yeah. Mass. And like having oh, been so raised great. Catholic, I, I know all these little nuances mm-hmm. and just the things that they do inside the church and yeah, kind of flipping it and making it scary is, you know, was a cool idea because it's it's not hard to do that. As a kid, it was kind of scary yeah. a little bit. You know? Very emotionally uh, traumatic a little bit. <laughs> no, it really was. It, was. it was watching deep. that. Yeah. Very intense. And now, a word from our sponsors. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Yeah, well, let's let's listen to the first story. Cool. Let's listen to the yeah. one we have. I actually haven't heard the version 
that April has finalized. Oh, are we listening to that? Is that okay? <laughs> it's okay. You can always change it, you know. It's a it's a first draft, yeah. Oh, that's fine. First draft. My husband and I love horror, haunted houses, and all things spooky, but both of us would consider ourselves skeptics and not easily scared at all. We just enjoy the thrill of a good jump scare. That said, in October of 2019, we definitely got spooked. My husband and I went to Penhurst Asylum. It's a haunted house set in a former asylum in the middle of the woods in PA. It's the type of haunted house where the characters grab you, tap you, whisper in your ear, and even tickle the back of your neck. You agree to this when you sign the waiver as you enter. And it's part of the experience that makes it even more fun and immersive. This happened when we were about halfway through one of the haunted attractions. There's a certain rhythm to a haunted house. There are areas of calm, and then you go around a corner and suddenly there's a cast member and a bunch of spooky stuff. Typically, after you get scared, you end up in a less decorated transitional area where you can see emergency exit signs. We were in one of those in-between areas when this happened. I was walking a few steps ahead of my husband in a dark corridor that connected us to the next spooky place. When, all of a sudden, I felt a hard impact on my right shoulder blade and got knocked forward so forcefully that I almost tripped and fell. It hurt, and it was hard enough to almost knock me off my feet. I immediately swung around to look and see what just happened, but all that was behind me was my husband about six or so feet back and an emergency exit to our right. My husband was flabbergasted and was like, what the fuck was that? Because he saw me get jolted forward and almost fall. He asked me if I tripped over something, and I said, Uh, huh? Didn't somebody just push me? At first, I thought it was a cast member from the haunted house. But then I was immediately confused because they absolutely would not strike you like that. After I realized there was no one there but us, I got annoyed with my husband. Assuming that he was the one trying to scare me, I was like, wow, nice try, and tried to laugh it off. But then he basically spent the rest of the way through the haunted house, trying to convince me it wasn't him. The whole time, I was just assuming it was an elaborate prank. But in the back of my mind, I started to wonder if he might be telling the truth. My husband is silly and playful, and he would never hit me like that and neither would a cast member. The impact also didn't feel like a push or a hit from someone's hand. That feeling is definitely more familiar. Instead, it felt sort of like a rubber mallet, like the ones that doctors use when they check your reflexes, except bigger, like the size of a hatchet. It didn't scratch me, but it did hurt. It was a hard impact that jolted me forward unexpectedly. When we got out of the haunted house, we walked to the car, and in the parking lot, I pulled down the shoulder of my shirt to look at my back. 
there was actually a big red welt about four inches long and half an inch wide. At this point, I was freaked out. We had a two-hour drive home, and I grilled my husband for quite a while trying to get him to admit that he pranked me or that he just took it too far, but he was also creeped out, and it started to become obvious that he really didn't do it. At that point, we still had 90 minutes left in our drive, and I was still reeling, so I decided to research the location of the haunted house. We knew that Penhurst had a storied past, and that it had been an asylum. I mean, it's called Penhurst Asylum, but we had no idea the level of real-life horror that occurred there until the car ride home. The article went on to talk about what paranormal investigators claim to have experienced, and that stopped me in my tracks. Essentially, among other claims, the article stated that an investigator was shoved from behind hard enough to leave a deep red mark on her back. Needless to say, my husband and I were both stunned. To this day, I still try to explain away with logical reasoning, but I can't come up with anything. It's ironic because I used to watch horror movies and get annoyed when the plot would follow the common formula where, despite seemingly inexplicable things happening, the super skeptical lead character would completely disregard any supernatural explanation. Then they'd try to explain things away logically, until things escalated too far and they were in grave danger. Now I get why that happens. Even though I literally experienced it, and had actual physical proof with the big red welt, and my husband witnessed it too, I still find it hard to swallow that I essentially got jabbed in the back by a ghost. It sounds like a ghost did it. Could be. <laughs> yeah, it could be. That was sent in by um, Karen R. So it's a real story. Oh, cool. And this place is real. Penhurst Asylum Haunted House. Mm-hmm. Where's it, where is it? Pennsylvania. Okay. I, I feel like I've heard of this before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it's a kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. Randomly, Zach, who we've mentioned, filmed us at Halloween Horror Nights, is from that town. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when we were talking about this story, he was like, oh, I've been there. Mm -hmm. And like, it's really scary because like they do the haunted attraction there, but then there's like a ton of other space that isn't used that's still just like abandoned asylum. Right. It's like a real haunted house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Jeez. what do you think? Like, what do you think about something like this? I mean, I think it's a weird set of circumstances. Yeah. Obviously, there's the logical explanation that it was someone who worked at the attraction who, you know, either accidentally did that or took it too far and then just darted off because they didn't want to get in trouble or be seen. But yeah, the other story and how similar they are, I think that, you know, there's places like that out there that have weird stuff going on in them that people aren't just making up. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like it might be one of them. Yeah. The haunted houses and like haunted attractions that are in like historic mm -hmm. buildings. I think those are the freakiest because, yeah. you know, if you go to Universal, like we're talking about, you know, nothing is actually haunted mm -hmm. there. It's just yeah. like all production value. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like super, super old houses. I just don't 
like I'm just thinking about all the people who've lived and died in this place and you know, mm-hmm. are they still on the walls or what the hell is going on? <laughs> I'm not really worried that they're gonna come out and, you know, kill me or something. I just like just don't want to see anything at all. <laughs> yeah. Those kind of places they have like a heaviness. Even if it's not haunted, it just kind of has like an energy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like you said, it's been used by so yeah. many people, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, I want a new place. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I kind of like old places, but to a point. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. I think there's a point when it gets too old where I'm like, I think some of that is like logistics where I'm like, the piping will be really difficult and like the water (laughs) pressure might not be good. Also that, yeah. Is that ghosts or is it pipes? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think what's interesting about like modern horrors, I'm seeing a lot of directors using hyper- new looking construction to be creepy like ex machina and Mm -hmm. and parasite and things like that Mm -hmm. and there is something about like the hard angles and like the empty spaces yeah and like the open floor plans that can also be creepy in a different way and i think that's really interesting oh yeah for sure yeah like the cold sterile kind of look yep yeah yeah it's almost like it's basically living in an office space, yeah. I feel like. It's right. just concrete. Yeah, long hallways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Karen, who who experienced this story, actually sent like an article to showing us like the investigators and stuff that oh, have been like cool. shoved from behind and all that stuff. Oh wow. Would you go? Uh I, I wouldn't want to, no. That's a no from me too. Yeah. <laughs> if I just, you know, was really pushed to do it, then maybe. Mm-hmm. But Bring somebody else. <laughs> yeah. I'm busy that yeah, week. When she said, like, they can tickle you, I, no, no, I was like, mm-mm, It's like, mm-mm. okay, first of all, I, just, I don't want to sign a waiver that says you can tickle me. Yeah. The tickle me clause. Yeah. <laughs> Initial here. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, you don't give permission, you know, for strangers to do that. I don't. Yeah. Unless you, that's what you're into, which I'm not as much. You need money for that. That's yeah, that, that's behind a paywall and, and, you, and you sell those That's videos. part of a subscription service. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that's you know, on my other site. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> April, would you go? Yeah, I, you, would, you would go. I would entertain the, I would go. Yeah, I would go. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, I would go. <laughs> Tickle me. Not, see, that's, that's the thing I would bump on. Like, if a ghost decides to shove me as they walk past, I'd actually prefer that over actors who have like free reign to do what they want, like those extreme haunted houses. Right. Have you heard of McKinney Manor, McKinney yeah, Manor or something? Yeah, place is disgusting. Yeah, it is disgusting. I, don't, I would never do that. You're basically signing your rights over to some sadist. Yes. Like this yeah. guy is some Florida man who is scary. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. He gets off on torturing people. Yeah, like it's mm-hmm. deeper than some attraction. He's he's doing it for the footage. Like he wants footage of people being tortured. Yeah, this is a guy who who watches this back later yeah. When you're not there <laughs> and God knows what, right? It's just he has a whole archive of all of his scared victims. This is like serial mm-hmm. killer shit. They actually came out with a documentary on Hulu and I am tempted to watch it, but it's basically a, a documentary about people who have come forward about him. And it's like, this is uh. the least surprising documentary. I've. It's like, turns seen. out he's actually a creep. You're like, no yeah. way. <laughs> I think like, it would be way yeah. more interesting if. If he turned out to be like such a family man yeah. and like wholesome values. There's no <laughs> that would be way. Yeah, there's no way. No. <laughs> Payne, you should you should 
interview him on your podcast. Mm-mm. I should actually, yeah. <laughs> I think you should. I think you should like interrogate him. Yeah, I want to get inside the psychology of this. Like, yeah, maybe wait till he goes to prison; it'll be safer. <laughs> right. That's that's true. He's in Tennessee now. It's close to you. Oh wow. Well, I'm not going to it, but yeah. No, no, just you can get him to, mm-hmm. you know. All you'd have to give, apparently, is a can of dog food because that's all he asks for. Oh, yeah, for. that's his little, you know, good I Samaritan can't... thing where he's, yeah. you know, it's all good. It's for the dogs. Mm-hmm. There's something demeaning, too, about it. Like, bring me a can of dog food and I'll torture you. Like, right. no, the, the whole narrative there. He doesn't even want money. It's like, it's so transparent, like, what he wants out of this, basically. <laughs> like, yeah. He probably makes you eat the dog food in the last stage. And now, more words from more sponsors. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. So tell us about um, some of your early haunted attraction experiences as a kid. Well, there's really one that comes up that really spooked me. The way that it started and the way that it ended is really kind of why that is. This was in Panama City Beach, I think. I was probably like 10. And it was in like August or September. It wasn't even October yet. Ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> Off season? No. Yeah, like yeah. it didn't make sense. There was like this little outlet mall thing. And in the center of it was like a three-story building. And it was a haunted house. And I was like, hey, dad, look, we should do that. He's like, Payne, there's no way it's open. And we walked up to it and you could buy tickets from like some person that was like not close to it. And I was like, okay, I guess we're good. And we walked in there like trying to give our tickets to somebody. Close the door and it's really dark. And there wasn't anybody in there. It was just vacant. I was like, okay, I'm waiting for either someone to guide us through or I don't know. Then all of a sudden this fireplace lights up. It's like, psh, like they just turned on the house. And like this mechanical guy in a chair like spins around. He's like, welcome to the house. And you're like, okay, this is kind of, kind of cheesy. And 
you know, he's like telling you how it's haunted and all this stuff, but it's all like mechanical robot stuff, right? And he's like, go through my house in the dark. And then all the lights go out. Like literally all the lights. And I was like, what the fuck? I go, okay, damn. Next thing you know, my dad and I are walking upstairs. If there was any light, I guess there had to have been, it was not much. It, it was not up to code. It was not safe. And so for the next, I'd say 15 minutes, we were just walking around every floor. We just got used to the fact that there was no one, no people in here. And it was just us, so it was still kind of spooky. You know, you'd walk by this, and there'd be some like guy like in an electric chair, like shaking, but it was all like a mechanical thing. It was no real people. And then towards the very end, it, it looked like like the wall of a cave or something. There was, you know, this like mannequin-looking guy up against the wall, arms spread out like this as if he was like a display. And all of a sudden he like moves and he like jumps out. This is like a, a living person now. And it scared the hell out of us. That's unlike all the 20 things I've seen in the last 15 minutes. This guy chases us down the hallway and we get to this opening and we see the exit sign and we're like, thank God. And right next to the exit sign, there's this, like a big dog house. And I hear this big old loud chainsaw cranking. And this full grown ass man comes out of the dog house and he's just chasing us with a chainsaw. <laughs> and we run outside and it's just us in the parking lot and we're like what was that place <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's kind of what they do at every haunted house but usually you're expecting it or you hear it and you know it's coming but this was a scenario where we were convinced that we were the only people inside of this building at all that sounds like a pretty ingenious model, honestly. It's great, It's right? like a slow burn. Yeah, it's getting you comfortable and like used to a certain type of scare, yeah. and then yeah. suddenly it's a real person jumping out at you. Even today, I'm like, what was that place? Because like, it couldn't make any money, but there was real people in a three-story building just waiting for anybody to come by, if at all. <laughs> like, I'm not convinced that we weren't the only people who went in there that, that day at all. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> and I mean, both my dad and I were scared as hell. Both running, both scared. No funny business anymore. We were, we were getting the hell out of there. My my dad was definitely getting the hell out of there, with or without me. He was like, bye. Yeah, we were both like, <laughs> like you don't ask questions. It's just fight or flight, and you're, and you're running. <laughs> was there a theme? Not really. It was just random stuff, as if like some guy had been collecting haunted house you know, materials for three decades and it was just mm -hmm. all assembled. That makes sense. It's like carnival-esque, you know? Mm. Perfect. <laughs> Jesus. The man that popped out at you that was like against the wall and then the man who came out of the doghouse, how were they dressed? The first guy was blending in with the wall. It was kind of like a yellowish, orangish tone to like the rock with the lighting. But he looked like he was part of the rock, kind of. Mm. The other guy was dressed up like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy. Okay. They were full character. And both times it was scarier because they, it was an optical illusion to see them become real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After you've been conditioned 
you know, to expect something else. Yeah. God, I'm so curious about what this is. I know. I'll, it's I'll so ask weird. my dad tonight if he remembers. He definitely remembers it, but like, what, like where was that? Like, yeah, specifically, just this standalone pop up attraction that was in full service. <laughs> that feels it feels like very surreal, especially because yeah. you experience it so it seems young. Like a dream or something, but yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's like, did that actually happen? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if my dad's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, come on, dad. Yeah, yeah, you do. That'd be even scarier. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, someone listening will know what this is. I really hope so. I'd feel so, so much better. Just if if anyone has the same experience, please let me know because I, I mean, to this day, I remember it pretty vividly. <laughs> that is a wild story. Yeah. Yeah. I would not like that. I didn't. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. yeah. This was really funny. I, I loved reliving that weird memory of mine that I hope is real. You know, <laughs> I hope for your sake. It's I'm real. gonna ask my dad to not. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to have been telling this my whole life and it just be some figment of my imagination. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was real. It's too weird. Rattled and Shook is a Tenderfoot TV production in partnership with Odyssey. Executive producers are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. Co-executive producer is Meredith Stedman. Hosted and produced by April Ruha and Meredith Stedman. Lead editor and sound designer is April Ruha. Additional production by Sean Nerney. Production management by Tracy Kaplan and Jordan Foxworthy. Original score by Makeup and Vanity Set. Original art by Puppy Teeth. Follow us on social media at Rattled and Shook. <laughs>